Welcome to the MILF Bod Podcast. Mindful, intuitive, lifestyle, fitness. An all-encompassing wellness resource for women featuring some of the most successful, influential mothers and experts out there. I'm your host, Cherokee Luker, mother, model, fitness trainer, and wellness enthusiast. Join me as we dive into all things MILF. Welcome to another episode of the MILF Bod Podcast, everybody. I am joined today by my lovely, beautiful, and delightful friend, Brie Benfell. On this episode, we discuss entrepreneurship, Brie's experience working as a real-life Disney princess, the ups and downs of motherhood, living in Singapore, Brie's struggle with postpartum anxiety, and the importance of valuing our time. Bree's transparency and vulnerability on this episode spreads such an important message to all women out there that they are not alone. Bree is an amazing light in the motherhood community, and I think you all are really going to appreciate her ability to be just so raw and real while simultaneously being so cheeky and charming. I mean, after speaking with her, it made me want to speak in a British accent. (laughs) She's just the absolute sweetest. So please sit back and enjoy this episode with my amazing friend, Bree Benfill. All right, you guys, calling all creatives of LA or anyone traveling to the LA area in need of an event space, photo studio, content location, video space, production services, or grip services. Issue Studio is a unique photo, video, and event space, and Issue offers full-service production in an exclusive, intimate, and private boutique environment. The space is so beautifully curated, you guys, and I can't tell you how many shoots I've done at Issue that have turned out to be some of my favorite shoots to date. Not to mention a bunch of amazing events I've attended over the years where the studio gets completely transformed into the best atmosphere for the perfect party. Also, you guys, the wallpaper in the makeup room is absolutely iconic and it's perfect for the Instagram feed. So I highly recommend Issue Studio for any brand or any influencer looking to elevate their image. It is seriously the most beautiful studio I've ever shot at. And I've shot at a lot of studios here in LA and it's just so clean. It's centrally located. There's a huge parking lot, which is huge here in LA. So go check it out at issuephotostudio.com to find more details about how you can book this amazing space for your next photo shoot, video production, content creation, party, event, whatever it is that any of you creatives need here in LA, Issue Studio has got you. So go check it out. Let's tell the audience how we met because I was thinking back on this. I actually hung out with Annie the other day and we were kind of reminiscing on how we all met. So Bree and I met in Miami in 2018 for the Sports Illustrated Open Call Casting. And we had both submitted videos because that's originally how they had announced the open call. And then I don't think I was aware that they were holding an open call like live in Miami. I thought it was just video submissions. 
And so I think we both showed up because we were in the top 50 finalists. And then they also, on top of that, held an open call casting in Miami as well for anybody to just come. And so it was a little bit, I don't know if it was unfair, but it was just like we had different expectations, I think. So Brie flew all the way from Singapore to Miami because, you know, of course, this is such a huge, iconic brand that we all made these amazing videos for. And, you know, it's a big deal getting to be in the top 50. I don't know. I think some things were happening behind the scenes that we weren't aware of because they held us in a room for basically the entire day with like zero information. It was a very weird experience. Anyways, yeah, long story short, that's how Brie and I met. And I'm so, so thankful that we were held in that room all day together (laughs) because we formed some pretty incredible friendships from that experience. Because, you know, I met you and now Annie is one of my best friends. So So very thankful for that. Yeah. But anyways, let's talk about you because (laughs) you are just so incredible. And I honestly don't even know where to begin because I feel like there's so much that I want to cover and I feel like there's so much that you've done and accomplished in your life. Thank you. So I would love for you to just introduce yourself, maybe give us like the summarized version of your story. Yeah. So I have a British accent, but my parents were all American, my whole family. And I was really, you know that. I didn't know that. (laughs) Now you do. (laughs) (laughs) So my mom sounds, she is like, oh, Brie, you know, so American. Like that. Really, really. That's hilarious. We moved to England when I was three years old. And I grew up in the UK until I was about 17 and went to drama school and things like that and knew that I wanted to act and perform. I then went on a reality TV show in the UK called Shipwrecked, where you live on a desert island and do absolutely nothing. And it was one of the greatest experiences ever. Oh my gosh. How old were you when you did that? 18. Super young. But it was reality when it wasn't so, not reality today. So it was very enjoyable and it was a pretty good experience. And uh, then I went to work at Disney as a princess in Tokyo after that. Yes. (laughs) And then went to Hong Kong, did the same thing as a Disney Mm -hmm. princess. And I moved to California and did some TV film. I did actually a lot of voiceovers. My main income in LA was uh, doing a lot of voiceovers for brands. Oh, cool. Which was super fun. And then I fancied Matthew, now my husband and baby Mm -hmm. daddy. And he was living in Australia at the time and I was living in LA and I fancied him so much. We went to the same school. He never knew who I was, never knew my name. He watched the TV show, the reality TV show, found me on Facebook through that. And uh, we started private messaging throughout the years, you know, like a happy birthday, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. And then... Time had passed and I was living in LA and the dating scene. Oh, I've got some stories there, but we won't go into that. I can't even imagine. (laughs) I was giving up. And then I was always resonated to Matt. Like I was obsessed with him, that unknown fit guy. I wanted to know him. I wanted to date him. So I actually messaged him and said, I wish we could hang out. He said, I've been wanting to hang out with you for about eight years now. (laughs) Then we started online dating. 
And we pretty much said we loved each other without even meeting. So we were actually doing Skype chats when it was the good old days of Skype. Now the it's- good old days of Skype. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we did that. And then four months of online dating, I flew to Australia and then we met mm-hmm. and I knew I was going to marry him. Oh, and now you guys have two babies together, two beautiful babies. Yeah, and that's why we're in Singapore. So we wanted to live somewhere. He couldn't come to America because America visas are a pain in the bottom. And then Mm -hmm. we weren't happy in the UK and I applied for a job over here. And so that's why we've been in Singapore for the past eight years. Wow. Okay. I want to get into all of that. But first, can I back up a little bit? So you guys went to the same school as in what what school did you guys go to? Yeah, so I grew up in a very small village. He was in the nearest town. This is UK college. Is it high school when you're 16 to 18? Yeah. Oh, okay. So we met at high school. <laughs> well, didn't me. I was just obsessed with him and called him the unknown fit guy. And he never spoke to me or looked at me. Really? That's so funny how it works out like that. That's so surprising. Yeah. Now we have two kids together. Okay. So, and then with the Disney princess job, how did you land that first Disney princess job in Tokyo? That's, that's incredible. I I was in the UK. I went to drama school and I realized that I wanted to not do musical theater anymore. And I wanted to go into TV and film. So I just kind of quit. My sister had traveled the world and her favorite place was Japan. So I saw an audition for Disney I was like, oh, that seems fun. Like, I won't go to California yet. Maybe I'll go to Japan first. Went to the audition. It was such an extreme audition. People really want to be Disney princesses. (laughs) Oh, I can imagine how intense it must be. People must get so into it. Yeah, so into it. I was ready because I had, you know, done a lot of ballet. That's what I thought we were going to be doing, like a full-blown, crazy hard audition. And I was wearing a leotard and tights. And I rocked up being like, wait, why is no one else like kind of ready to dance? Getting to the (laughs) thing, I think the first thing is like, and we're going to wave for eight counts and burst and curtsy. what audition is this? I thought I was auditioning to be one of the Disney shows. And they're like, oh, it's to be a princess. I'm like, what? Oh, that's a job. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And I was so naive. Yeah, I was like 17, 18 when I auditioned. Wow. And there were so many people there, so many people from Paris that want to go, because Tokyo's like the number one Disney to work at. Right. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. So I stayed around like all these girls were like have you auditioned before no I have no idea what I'm doing (laughs) (laughs) and then made it to the end and I actually got the call when I was on the reality show in the Cook Islands my parents had to take the call and I wasn't there and they had to kind of decide for me that I was going Wow. Yeah. So I didn't even give a yes or no. My parents just said yes for me. (laughs) That's amazing. That's good that they said yes for you. Yeah. And then so after I got back, I went straight to Japan. Wow. You would be an amazing Disney princess. (laughs) Thank you, darling. (laughs) I mean, it was always my dream. It was always my dream growing up. I was such a girly girl. Yeah. So were you auditioning to be one specific Disney princess or is it just a princess in general? I think you'll find this funny. So in Japan, they have tracks. So 
you are about three characters. And I thought I would probably be Cinderella. Right. That track. And I got there. (laughs) They were placing everybody in their tracks. And I'm with these beautiful, ethnic, gorgeous girls. And they're like, Brie, you're there as well. I said, I think I'm in the wrong group. (laughs) They're like, no, you're Jasmine, (laughs) Pogondas, and Belle. And I'm like, okay, I can understand Belle. Belle, I can see. (laughs) But they're the best characters, though. Yes. They're the best princesses. So I was super excited. So did you have to sing at all for the audition or? Didn't have to sing, but I did sing because I'm that annoying. I remember singing (laughs) Belle's intro song, like, little town, it's a quiet village. That one. So perfect. Oh my gosh. Serenade me. So we did shows, but it was never singing. We did a lot of dancing, a lot of events. And then of course the parades and the meet and greets and all of those things. Oh my gosh. So cool. Such a dreamy experience for any girl. I mean, I would have loved that. It was good. I mean, getting paid to be a Disney princess when you're 18 is like the best thing ever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so now you have two beautiful children and you've started, I don't even know how many endeavors you've started, like business-wise. I mean, because you have... (laughs) Yeah, I have Anjaya, which is for mums and things like that. Yeah, tell me about that. So Anjaya was made because I really wish I knew so many more things, giving birth to Thea and just wish I had a heads up. And I actually never understood why mums don't give you that heads up. But now I can kind of understand. I think a lot of people are like, I'm not going to overwhelm this person. I'm just going to let you learn throughout motherhood, maybe. But I was just just like, just a little bit of heads up, just with regarding anything. I went into it very blind as well. Yeah. (laughs) And maybe that's a good thing, maybe not. But just for certain things, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's quite important to know because it can be very overwhelming once the baby has arrived. So we started filming content from fitness to nutrition to meditations to midwives talking, women's health physios, just everything. So we created loads of content, and we've actually decided to shift it to a YouTube channel where it's going to just be free for mums. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Because right now, is it just on Instagram? No, it's an online course that you can sign it's up to. It's a course. To. Okay. But now we've just decided we have this amazing content. We want to make it accessible for everyone for free. So it will just be dropped there, everything we oh. filmed. Um, and so, yeah, I hope that people find it and it helps them on their journey throughout motherhood, really. Yeah, it's called Anjaya. Yes, A-N-J-E-A. What's that from? I know, right? You're like, where is this? And my best friend takes the piss and he's always like, is it angina? And I'm like, no, it is not. <laughs> You're rude. <laughs> it's not angina. It's angina. <laughs> and it's the goddess of fertility is the oh, meaning. Oh, that's so cool. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So that's why we chose that name. Who's we? Who started it with you? Yeah, my business partner, Naomi. She's based in Singapore and weirdly from the same village as me growing up. What? 
Yeah. I feel like serendipitous things like that happen all the time and it's just so meant to be. The world is so small. Yeah, so small. Wow. She's from Kingsclear and we were both in Singapore, so random, both mother of two, and we just felt so passionate about it. So we really wanted to help moms. Yeah. That is amazing. So everybody go check out Anjaya. Yes. Not angina. Angina. Not angina. (laughs) Angina. (laughs) So that's just one of your many endeavors. You're also the host of a podcast as well. Yes, I am. Making of Motherhood. Yes. The name of it. That's with Sharon. She is a mother of three and she's a founder of a huge baby store out here. And yeah, she is an author of a book. She's incredible. She's somebody I very much look up to and is definitely a mentor for me and also the godmom of Thea. So it's Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. And again, that podcast is, you know, just drawing attention onto things that a lot of people don't talk about. I'm so open, as I'm sure your listeners will learn. And I'm so happy to share my struggles because it's so good to hear that you're not alone. Not alone, because it can feel so isolating and lonely sometimes. And that's kind of why I wanted to start this platform, just to be super transparent with everyone because I feel like it's so important that it just like humanizes people. Yeah. Your mom's episode made me cry. Oh, I know. Yeah. She's a warrior. Seriously. What an incredible woman. I'm like, she really <laughs> walking, is. Walking, taking me to school, walking back, getting my coffee, like crying. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll let her know that you listened and enjoyed it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's an it incredible great. story. Thank yes. you for listening, baby. Podcasts are amazing. That's why I wanted to start it too, is just because being a mother, you need that time to just kind of zone out, but you can also multitask while absorbing all of this amazing information. And it's just my favorite way to consume anything and everything. So, so that's another thing that you're also doing. What, tell me all the other things that you're doing. I feel like I have a very entrepreneur hat on and I'm always got a million trillion ideas going on. Yes, you do. (laughs) How do you balance all of that? I I can't even imagine. It's difficult. (laughs) I feel like I kind of went off the radar for a bit when um, I gave birth to Everett. And now when it was past six months, I've been able to do a lot more. I've also learned to, you know, take a back seat in some things and really focus on certain things. It's just so clear. I feel like especially when you have children, your time is so precious It truly is. Yeah. And your time is worth a lot. I don't think I ever really respected my time and and how precious it was even before children. Oh, yeah. Absolutely not. We just take it for granted. Yeah. And now that's all I think about. If I take this job or if I do this, is it worth it? Would I rather just be with my children? Absolutely. And so I've been saying no a lot more and really focusing my directions on things I want to put my energy out to. Like, obviously, I do like my social media. I love sharing with mums. Any platform that I can share and help a woman is just my main goal with everything I do ever. Takes a lot of time, though, social media. Hey, I mean, I love it, but it is very time consuming. It is. Well, you do such an amazing job at it. I love your content so much. It's just 
everything that you want in a page, basically. It's like all of the wholesome, beautiful content, but then also it's just like you spice it up and <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love following you. Thank you. That means a lot right back at you. That's why I love Instagram. <laughs> I do love social media because I have been able to watch your life since meeting you and just keep right. up to date and feel like we're still good friends. Exactly. I know. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. And then you also have your ever after yes. business as well, right? Yes. So are you yeah. still doing that? I'm still doing that. So ever after I did the whole princess thing, realizing that it doesn't exist in Singapore. So I kind of hit the jackpot over here because in America, there's a million trillion princess companies, same in the UK. And in Singapore, there's literally none. So I've been running that business for, yeah, seven years, six years, and it goes well. I don't advertise. It's all word of mouth because I said I'm a retired princess. So personally, I don't really want to be doing anymore. You're probably burnt out a little bit. <laughs> Just a huh. bit. I'm always dressing up as a princess for Thea, my daughter. That's fine. Yeah. But now I think she thinks I'm basically every yeah it's so cute seeing you guys in your videos and her singing along with you oh my gosh gosh, so sweet I've been waiting for that moment for a long time oh I bet I have those moments when she was a baby I was just like I can't wait till we can play and I can sing you songs and now she sings the songs it's so sweet and now you're like I just want to freeze this moment please please don't ever grow up that's where I'm at right now it's I know So running that business, you have a team of princesses, essentially, that you've hired and and they go out and do all the job. Oh, amazing. So actually the business, that's really easy to run because I just have the girls and they come get the costume and that's that. It's very a relaxed business. That's basically zero stress, just running behind the scenes, which is really good. Yeah. Passive income (laughs) is, is the way to go. Yeah, sure. And then Matt has his, is it personal training that he does? Yeah, it's a personal training gym. And it's so cool. He's done so well. And now I'm stepping in to help with the marketing side because that's not his forte. (laughs) That's perfect. And I think you'll love this because I mean, you are, are you still a personal trainer? You, you are. Yeah. Yes. I don't have any clients right now though, just because like you said, I don't have any time, but (laughs) still I'm technically certified. Nice. I think it's so great. He's changed so many people's lives and we're really coming together because I think a lot of personal training, it's getting that before and after, which is not what we're about. It's just kind of longevity, living longer, living happier and a healthier life and actually teaching people how to do it right. I mean, he sees a lot of clients. I think the clients share a lot with him too. And I mean, I think everyone can relate this, especially the past three years have been super challenging on your mental health. And it's just good to check in with all of that. So it's not just personal training. It's really focusing on people's mental health and helping them in all aspects of eating, telling them to sleep. Sleep is so important. (laughs) So important. And that's why I'm just kind of so drained right now because I'm not getting enough sleep. I know. I know. Because you're still in the very new stage of it all. Yeah. Because Everett's only, you said he's eight months now? Yeah, he's eight months. It's getting better because we did sleep train. 
I know that oh, there's great. a lot of things on that, like some mums agree, some mums don't. This was um, amazing for us because it really did work. Yeah, that's, I think, one thing that I regret is not sleep training, Hunter. Did you guys sleep train Thea as well? We did, but I waited quite Smart. late. So with mm. Thea, I waited until 10 months to where I lost it. So Matt was sleeping in the other room. We weren't sleeping in the same room. It got that bad. We were in the same room and then he left because he was like, he has to get up and like lift weights and do all these things. And so the boob wasn't settling her anymore. I remember it because Mm. it was kind of when she was slowly starting to wean off and Mm -hmm. nothing was working. And that's when I just lost it because I was so sleep deprived. It makes you feel physically sick. (laughs) Like if you're. Oh, absolutely. Some people are really good at functioning on very little sleep. I am not one of those people. <laughs> no, me either. I really have to have my sleep or I'm the worst version of myself. And actually, mm-hmm. when we go and talk more about the second with Everett, I had really bad postpartum anxiety that I'd never experienced before. Oh, and oh my the gosh. main trigger I learned was actually not having enough sleep is why it was all happening. It can do a lot of damage to your brain. So yeah, talk to me a little bit about now that you have two, what's the transition been like going from having just Thea to now having Everett as well? And how did your pregnancies differ? Just tell me all about how it's been transitioning. So with Thea, I was just quite annoying, actually, because I loved the pregnancy. I loved my birth. I loved the aftermath. I loved it all. (laughs) Good. I mean, I commend you for that. It's not annoying to me at all because I can kind of relate too. Like, I had a great pregnancy as well. And some people are just like, what the fuck? (laughs) You're so annoying. (laughs) You bitch. And and I think some mums, they're probably just listening to me talk like, oh, yeah, good for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that all went really well. And I think I was actually so happy it happened during COVID because there was nothing to do. I got to just enjoy and breathe every second with her. Totally. It was the best time to be pregnant. Yeah. Enjoy the pregnancy. I barely did anything. I was living my best life pregnant in COVID, just not doing anything. (laughs) Yeah. It was really good. And she was thankfully... Yeah, a really good baby. So there wasn't any issues with Thea. And then it still took me some time. Yes, I lost the weight and got the comments of like, oh, you look amazing so fast, so fast. Mm, I never felt myself probably until nine months or even a year when she was a year old. That is when I felt, oh my gosh, I had stopped breastfeeding. It took a long time. It takes a long time. And that's a huge message that I spread on this podcast is like, you have to be so patient with yourself. Yeah. I think here there is a lot of toxic things. A lot of the mum fluences in Singapore just post their bounce back so fast. I'm talking within days. You'll see a photo of them in the jeans prior. I don't know. I suppose each to their own. If you want to post it, post it. But also just be mindful that this isn't a post just to be like, look how amazing I look after birth or just this is how my body has dealt with it. And this is how this is how I look. The messaging that I get across from the social media platforms is kind of just like, yeah, look at me. (laughs) I know. Yeah, that's what I love so much about your content is how transparent you are. Yeah, thank you. It's so refreshing to have like, 
you know, this is me three weeks after birth. And then you show a picture like three months after birth, you know, comparing the two. And it's just so nice to have that realness. Thank you. And with the first hey, it was insane to watch the body make its way back to being the same. Just the female body is amazing. (laughs) It truly is. It's incredible. And then with my second, so I found out I was pregnant and I wasn't overly thrilled. Oh, so you guys weren't planning. No. And I remember when he was conceived because we were on this cruise to nowhere because in Singapore, you couldn't go anywhere. So they had a cruise that literally went to nowhere. (laughs) You just are on the cruise. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It doesn't stop anywhere, but it was fun. And we had this massive balcony, massive. Uh Well, this can't go to waste. So when Theo was having a nap. (laughs) Got to take advantage. Yeah. And that's the moment. I love that you remember the exact moment. Oh, yeah. He was conceived then. And because uh, we were being careful and we were not careful then. Mm. And it was actually just after my period. I shouldn't have got pregnant, to be honest, from the time that I right. was in my cycle. Because you had just finished your period and then. Yeah. Wow. And so with Thea, I remember knowing I was pregnant. I was on the train and I almost felt faint. So I had to sit down. Mm -hmm. And that was the second I knew that I was pregnant and went and did a pregnancy test. I had the same feeling with Everett. Really? Yes. And I'm like, I'm pregnant. Oh, shit. And I even said to my breast friend, "I, I think I'm pregnant. And I was just about to the point where I felt my body was back and I felt myself. And then, right, boom, you're pregnant again. So it was a big shock to me. Right. Then the pregnancy started off, I don't know, I just was way more sick. I I swear Mm. it's a boy thing, but maybe not because you felt good throughout. Interesting that you say that because I hear the opposite sometimes. Really? Is that that it's a girl thing to get sick. But I mean, I think it's all kind of just Yeah, I think so. Individual. Whatever your body's doing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I just didn't really enjoy the pregnancy, to be honest. My body felt different. You get bigger, faster. I was really uncomfortable for a lot of it. So it just was sad because I really wasn't enjoying it as much. It's also a toll on your body when you have a toddler that wants to be held. Yeah, that's another, a whole other thing that I can't even. She was still quite young then when I found out because when I was pregnant, she was a year. A year and three months. And then she was two years and he was born. So it was just a very hectic time just being a a mother and uh, you kind of forget most of the time that you're pregnant unless you're really uncomfortable and in pain (laughs) yeah so I feel like I was an angry version of myself and I know it was the hormones but I just felt bad because I just wasn't my normal happy go lucky self I just felt like a an angry version of myself Yeah. I think it's okay that you felt like that and you should feel absolutely no shame or guilt about that. Thank you. Because I think that that's a normal thing to feel. Like even though my pregnancy wasn't physically demanding, mentally I was not prepared. Yeah. I felt like I wasn't ready, honestly. Yeah. I listened to your podcast about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's okay to have these feelings and we shouldn't have any shame or guilt around it. And it's crazy to see the contrast between how you felt with Thea versus Everett. And I think that... The opposite. Yeah. And now that he's here, I'm sure that it's 
a completely different story, but going through the motion of being pregnant and then, you know, yeah. having to think about, okay, I have to have this second child come into my life now. And after I feel like I just gotten back to the place where I wanted to get to. Yeah. And I think, again, you're made to feel a little bit guilty for having those feelings. So yeah. I even thought I can't have any of these feelings, like just snap out of it. You know, yeah. you're pregnant with your second baby. And yes, that is right. But you are still allowed to feel like crap. if you were. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and acknowledge that. And so then with my birth, the second time round was so fast. It kind of was too fast. Really? I was upset because with Thea, I felt it. It was just an incredible moment. I remember locking eyes with Matt and saying oh, it was too painful and I can't go through with it and the ne that next push will be out and she was and it was just these magical moments and with Everett I pushed twice and he was out what yes wow I know and and people warned me that it would happen fast but I didn't think it would happen that fast and so I just kind of was a bit disappointed even after the birth because I wanted that adventure yeah. that you know, journey of having a baby and it was, whoop, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you felt unprepared the entire time, essentially. Yeah. And then after like being in the hospital, that was all fine. And when I got back home, this is when everything just kind of went wrong for me. It was all amazing. Mm. It was the newborn loveliness in the hospital when Thea came it was magical it was oh. just moments of happiness and honestly the best moments of my life and when I got yeah. back I felt strange I don't know if you've ever felt you're just not right something isn't right all the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> not on a daily basis basically and uh, this felt awful so Matthew has a blood pressure machine at home and so mm -hmm. I put the blood pressure machine on and I normally have very low blood pressure and it was extremely high but my heart rate was 47 which is super low oh my gosh yeah so I started freaking out and I felt lightheaded I felt just off kilter. I wrote down a list of things I was feeling. And there's a service here where you can have a doctor or a nurse come over to the house. So I got somebody to come over to do an ECG and things like that. And they just said, I mean, you've just quickly had a baby come out of you. And now your body's just dealing with that. Readjusting, yeah. I, but I never felt like that with Thea at all. So these things kept happening. Like it was just awful. And then I would start to go into a massive dark hole of thinking I was going to die. So I generally thought I was going to die. It had nothing to do with the kids. Now I know that there's a there's postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. They're very two different things. And I'm aware of that from all of the stuff I do with Anjaya, talking to therapists, talking to, you know, mums, everything. And I just felt that there was something not right with my heart and that I was going to die to the point where he was two weeks postpartum and I went to a heart specialist because I wanted somebody to check my heart because I felt like I was going to keel over and yeah, die. It's just wow. awful. So those oh thoughts were God. so consuming. This doctor was very to the point and said, there's nothing wrong with your heart. Your heart is fine. This isn't a heart issue. 
And I just wanted to be like, oh, fuck off, you know, this is something because I don't feel right. And I was sobbing. When I tell you I was just crying tears I've never cried before, uncontrollable crying. So it was just a loop. It was me feeling that something wasn't right. Then I would cry and sob and Matt would have to just lie with me, hold me. I needed physical touch to like feel less panicky. And then I would have panic attacks. It was happening every day and it makes me want to cry talking about it now. So it's just so, it was awful. And then I just kept thinking if other mums feel this way and don't talk about it, it's just so awful so I want to talk about I'm so happy that you have this platform and I can talk about this because I hope if there is a mum listening that has felt these things that I have been through it too yeah you are not alone people did say you know this will go away and I went to two different doctors and they both said that it was postpartum anxiety and it's all hormonal related and within eight Mm -hmm. to twelve weeks you'll feel yourself again and was that the case or Weirdly enough, around nine, because I was like eight weeks. It's been eight weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure. I still feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> oh. It was like a light switch. So I actually went to see a therapist. I always tell people to go to a therapist, and I actually never go myself. Yeah, it's hard practicing what you preach sometimes. Yeah, I said, I, I don't know why I'm the person saying, yeah, you should definitely go. It will be amazing for you. And I haven't been mm-hmm. myself. And my GP actually said, Brie, I'm going to put you in touch with a therapist that specializes with exactly what you're going through. And I promise amazing. she'll make you feel better. So I went to that therapy session. It just took one hour with her to understand my triggers. It was sleep, like I had said to you earlier, was the main trigger of me feeling this way and just how to use tools, breath work, which I already know. I'm like, I, breath work is right. my number one thing. That is my practice. I love breathing. It relieves any kind of stress or anxiety. But when you're in that pool of shit, really, I, I found it hard to do anything Yeah, yeah. to, to uh-huh. help myself. It was tough. I've never experienced that extreme of it before. So I can't relate, but yeah. I can empathize a lot. And I, okay. it just it gives me anxiety just even thinking about how you must have been feeling. Yeah. And I appreciate you being so vulnerable um, yeah. because that sounds like a very dark and tough time, especially in those first few months where you, you have to be giving so much to your baby and you're not sleeping on top of that. Yeah. So the newborn phase for me with the second time was just kind of shit, to be honest. Like I had those magical moments still. His smell, breathing him actually calmed me. It was that and showers. My sister moved to Singapore and she came over and said, Brie, running water can really help. Just sit on a stool in your shower and just let it run down. Yes. Okay. So those are the things that helped you cope is just physical touch from Matt. Yeah. And then breathing in the smell from Everett and then running water. I've heard that running water is is very, very therapeutic, especially for the feminine, because it just helps us get more in touch with like our divine feminine because there's something to do with water. I didn't know that. And now Mm -hmm. it's like my sacred space now going to the shower, even if I just need a minute from having like a, a lot 
going on with the kids. I mean, it's been a sick house for two weeks with hand, foot and mouth and just so much crap in the house. Yeah. Yeah, there's just been a lot. So when I have that moment of just now it's a really calming space for me is just, yeah, being in the shower with running water. It's crazy how healing that was for me. Yeah. So what are some tips on how to cope with postpartum anxiety? Be like open. Be open about it. Yeah. Tell your friends and family. Tell your, if you have mum friends that can, you know, help and relate. I'm so open that when I knew I didn't feel myself, I spoke to everyone. I was like, I'm going to a doctor. I'm telling my friends and family. I'm telling every mum friend because I need That's very smart. Because this isn't normal. And it's still wild to me to believe that that was all hormonal related, like the doctor had said and the therapist and everyone I went to. It's so hard to believe them when you feel like that. Absolutely. I know. Yeah. So for anybody listening, the therapy really helped me. If you can find a good therapist that specializes in postpartum anxiety, they exist. Find somebody that really knows and they can give you tools to help. But of course, breath work. I actually listened to this random podcast. I can't remember his name now, like the yogi master or something. He's this, but he has a really soothing voice. And there's just a 10 minute episode of him just talking and some breath work and just listening to him. So I would do that and be in the running shower. And that used to help me get out of my panic attacks. Yeah. Wow. All right, my MILF fam, as you all know, I'm always looking for ways to aid in becoming the most optimal version of myself mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And one of the things I do to support myself in doing this is by taking my vitamins every single day. And I know it can be overwhelming sometimes with all of the supplement brands out there, but one brand that I've been a huge fan of for years now is Wealthy. Two products I absolutely love by them is the Her and the Sweat. And they just recently sent me the Vision Gummies, which I am so excited to try and see the results from. Get it? See the results from the Vision Gummies? Which I think is so cool that they are pioneering advocacy for vision health because, you know, we're always looking at our screens every day. And it's something that I think a lot of people just put on the back burner and dismiss. But the HER is a great way for women to get their daily dose of biotin, vitamins A, B, C, D, E, calcium, hyaluronic acid, magnesium, and selenium. Just all of the great things that us women need and are probably lacking. And it's all in one. And then the sweat is something I like to take before a workout to just help enhance my burn with the natural caffeine. And there's also dandelion root in there to help with my metabolism and digestion. The quality of these supplements are just next level. And I'm telling you, you have to go check them out. If you use the code MILFBOD, you get 25% off your first order when you go check out at imwealthy.com. That's code MILFBOD, M-I-L-F-B-O-D at checkout at imwealthy, I-M-W-E-L-L-T-H-Y.com to get 25% off your first order. Enjoy, everybody.
would you say that you're feeling 100% better now or are you still kind of just working through it slowly? I feel 100% better in myself now. However, when I talk about it, see, I still cry. (laughs) So anytime Mm -hmm. I bring it up how I felt, I have a lot of emotions. I know that I need to probably go and talk about it to a therapist to just kind of understand what I've been through. And I think you'll also understand this. When I think about the three years, I've been busy just being pregnant and giving birth to two kids over three years. It's a lot. And I think there's a lot of women going through the same thing and you're trying to do it all. You're trying to have your businesses plus be a mum, plus be pregnant. And then it was COVID and I was away from my family. I have chosen to be in Singapore, but because of COVID, it's just been an absolute hot mess because they are far away and we couldn't see them. So they've missed everything of my baby's lives so far. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that aspect of it. Oh. So I think everyone should probably just take a minute and really even write it down of what they've been through, the good and the bad over the past, you know, maybe forever, but maybe just focus on the three years that we've all been through because it's a lot. And I'm finding that transition quite difficult with having Everett here with Thea. I had all the time in the world to just spend with her. And now life's picked up, things are moving you know, we've got school fees to pay for. International school fees in Singapore are wild. It costs $40,000 for a three-year-old to go to school. What? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm like, are you going to USC or UCLA? No, you're going to a nursery and it's costing that amount of money. (laughs) Literally the same amount of tuition. Yeah. It's craziness. So, you know, we've got lots of things to do to have our life here. And it can be very overwhelming. It's a lot. Motherhood is a lot. (laughs) Motherhood is a lot. Let's just make a PSA on that. I mean, what are some things that you do to kind of balance it all? Do you guys have help? Like, do you have a nanny? And has Thea started preschool yet? Like, how do you guys manage your day to day? Yeah. So Thea now is at nursery. And we've just started her this week with full days. So you can do a drop off from eight till three. It's like a full day. And half day was eight to one. We're doing the full day now because I really want to focus on the work that I'm doing now. And I can't get it done when she's in the house. Yeah. So I have to have those boundaries. And, and also I want some time with Everett as well, because I feel it's true. Everyone that says when you have a second kid, yeah, you don't have enough time. It's very difficult to juggle your time and it is. And you still want to have those beautiful moments together, but it's a lot less than it was with Thea. And it's it's hard to accept. Right. But we also have a helper. So in Singapore, it's common I think pretty much every household has a helper. So we have our darling Lilia, who's like a nanny for us. But I mean, everything. She looks after me so I can look after my children. It's so important to have those people in your life. It is. And we're very blessed to have her. And I know it's such an amazing thing. And I wouldn't be able to work at all if I didn't have Lilia with us and we don't have our family right so no one's here to help us out I would love for my parents to be here and be like hey (laughs) oh trust me I know my mom is in town right now and it has been 
the best thing ever. And yeah. it's going to be really hard when she leaves. Do you have a nanny or anything? Or you have a... We do have just a part-time nanny. Um, yeah. And she comes just twice a week. And on those days, I just get all of my stuff done. But I think once Hunter turns two, then I'll put him in a daycare type yeah, situation. Yeah, I actually don't know what America's like. Is that normally the age that they start going to daycare? Yeah, usually around two. I could start him now, but I don't want to. <laughs> I want to hold on to him for as long as I can. Yeah, I understand that. Just motherhood is fleeting when you're in the moment. You're so in the moment. When I had the postpartum anxiety, it was just was debilitating and I thought there was no end to it. And even if you have like breastfeeding struggles, whatever your struggle is, in the moment, it seems the world is ending. I can never fix this, but it will. And you'll just go on to the next thing. There's always something. <laughs> yes. That's such a good reminder to have because I think when you're in it, it's just all consuming and it feels like it is your entire world. Yeah. But to remember that you will get through it, you can push through it. There's light at the end of the tunnel eventually, even though it doesn't feel like it, there is. Yeah, exactly. And we are strong. We can do it. We can get through it. But in those moments, it's tough and it's scary sometimes. Did you ever consider going on medication? When I went to the doctor, probably like my fourth doctor, <laughs> I said, uh, please just give me medicine. I just want medicine, please. I entered the room. She said, how are you feeling? I said, not good. And I really want medicine for it. And she said, no, you're breastfeeding. I don't want to give that to you. And I believe that you don't need it. And this is, again, all hormonal. And this was when, again, he was probably about three weeks old. So to hear that, it just was hard because I was I was up for it. I just wanted anything to not feel that way. And it was the longest, yeah, nine weeks of my life feeling that way. It was tough. I bet. See, that's where the U.S. and Singapore are so different. Really? Would they just have given me medicine? 100%. You would have walked in and they would have been like, oh, here's some... Zoloft or whatever they prescribe you. I think that's the one that is safe to breastfeed on. Oh, there is one to take when you have breastfeeding. Yeah. I remember at my six week, you know, checkup, they give you this survey slash questionnaire to see where you fall on the spectrum of postpartum depression. Oh. And if you have a certain score, then you qualify. And then if that's the case, then they just give you, they ask you, of course, like, do you want to take this medication? And apparently, according to my test results, I considered eligible to to be prescribed medication. And so, really? you know, I was just like, I guess I'll, I'll try it. I tried it. And I think it was Zoloft that I tried. And I absolutely hated it. I took it for one or two days, felt like a complete zombie. Just, wow. it was not for me. But yeah, it's very different living yeah, in the U.S. compared to I Singapore. I mean, each to their own on deciding what to do, but sometimes, yeah. you know, medicine isn't. For me, I did just wait it out. I understood what I was going through and the therapy really helped to not have medicine. I'm glad that I didn't have the medicine because I, I didn't need it. Yeah. And you were able to just work through it. Oh my gosh. So what is it like living in Singapore? Yeah. Like overall, do you love it? What are the pros and cons? I do love it. It's so good for families. They have everything you could possibly need or want for children. It's the most baby-friendly 
country ever. It's a beautiful country. Yeah. Have you been? I have. Yeah. I lived in Hong Kong for two months. <gasps> and so while I was there, I went to Singapore. Nice. And I loved it. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Come stop by here. I know. My aunt and uncle live in Hong Kong. So yeah. it's very, very close. Well, we're here waiting for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's super safe here as well. You it know, is. that's yeah. what Singapore is known for and what a lovely thing. Like, I think I actually wouldn't share so much on my social media if I was anywhere else. Right. I don't think I would, but I feel very comfortable sharing in Singapore because I feel safe to do so. I feel, yeah, not the same when I think if I was in America or the UK, I would feel a bit different. Yeah. Definitely. So that's like the biggest pro is just to feel safe in a country and know that you're being well looked after. And yeah, again, baby friendly. Everything is so nice. Every place has a a nursing area. They've just got it all down. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's really, really nice. And of course, we're close to Bali and Thailand and Vietnam and all of these amazing destinations. Yeah. Just pop and travel with the kids. And it's nice because it's just very easy to get to those spots. You know, it's an hour and a half to get to Thailand and a two and a half hour flight to get to Bali. So nice. Super nice. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) I'm reconsidering. Yes. Come move to Singapore. (laughs) Honestly, we're trying to figure out a plan of how to get out of LA. It's Really? Then come. Oh my gosh, you guys would love it here. I know. I know. Honestly, I'm I'm truly, truly, I'm not joking. <laughs> I mean, this would be the perfect spot. That's why we're not leaving because I do miss California. And then when I think about it, I just know this is so much better for my children. Yes. And just we have the best family day out so that everything just feels good here and work is good here and just, yeah, we're staying put. Yeah, the quality of life there seems very high. What's it like having a kid in LA? Well, we're very lucky in that we live in a fairly safe neighborhood and it's within walking distance to a lot of really great places. That I am very thankful for. But as far as the schooling goes, that's why I'm trying to start to think Mm. about it now before Hunter gets to that age because it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't want him to be exposed to a lot of the things that they're pushing on kids in school. And I mean, of course, to each their own, but I think that it's gotten a little bit too much in my opinion. Yeah. And also, you know, we want to be able to raise him in like a more rural environment where he can have a bigger yard and room to play and things like that. It's hard, right? Now I feel like we're coming to the point where we have to think of these things. When I I gave birth to Thea, I was like, oh, we've got ages to think about all that stuff. I know. Literally, Hunter is one and a half, and everybody's like, so when are you like going to start enrolling in school? And I'm like, what? I don't even know where to begin. The same. I'm attending a school fair next weekend because it's time to think about that. It's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. I think it's even harder now because when they're babies, yes, they poop, you change their diaper, you feed them, they're good. Right. They get through their milestones, like little pros, and yep. then now... With Thea, she just consumes everything. Everything. And you have to think so hard, whoa, like what 
to do with you to like I help shape you and because she comes home from school and she does these things I'm like where did you get that how did you even know how to say that I oh, know what's this and it's happening already and it's wild how fast they are and smart literally daily daily yeah. changes and it's like they're becoming their own little humans and they're just little sponges they absorb everything so you just have to be so mindful and so mindful yeah like you said you just have to think all the time of like how am i going to shape you into the best human possible it's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. it's a lot of pressure because at the beginning like you said it's it's easy breezy and then they hit that certain age and you're like okay this is this is real now yes and Thea knows what she wants I feel like I'm bullied every day by my own toddler I oh my god so. I can't say no I'm like same same <laughs> oh my gosh Hunter knows how to negotiate with me now he goes one, one more, one more. And I literally, I cannot say no. They're like, how do you say no to that? And it's funny because I always thought that I would be the more firm one and it's actually Matt and I'm the softie that's like, sure, have whatever you want. (laughs) Me too. I know. I thought the same exact thing. It's good that you have that balance though, that Matt is able to step in and be the disciplinary because my heart just melts and I'm like, yeah, yes, just yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're just very relaxed parents and we don't overthink things too much. Right. And then sometimes I, oh, maybe I do need to just maybe listen to some podcasts, maybe listen to some teachers and understand more and maybe like little tips and tricks what to do with like tantrums and things like that. Because right now I just kind of let her be. I am pretty chill. So I'll just sit with her and be like, I understand that you're upset. You know, I know there's all these things and you get kind of overwhelmed as well on Instagram because everyone has a say of how you should be with your children. It's a lot. Yes. I'm like gentle parenting or not gentle parenting. And everyone's got their opinions and it's, they got strong opinions. Totally. The mommy shaming is real. It's a lot. It's everywhere. Yeah. And I just think it's like information overload. And I think that's a big message that I also want to spread on this podcast is like, we are so infiltrated with all of this information. It's in our faces 24 seven. And I think that's where the intuitive aspect of parenting comes in. And you just, you just have to tap in and figure out what works for you and what works best for your child as well. Yeah, it's so true. And just listening to yourself rather than all of that outside noise because it gets so overwhelming. It's so true. And I think today I'm going to this thing because I feel pressured into probably going. And I'm somebody that always is so intuitive. I listen to everything. I know when Thea's feeling a certain way, I can just feel it. And yeah, listen to that. Mummies, listen to yourself because you know what's best for your child. Yeah. No one else knows your child more than you. Exactly. I know my mom and I were talking about it today and it's just it's just wild how much it's changed from when our parents raised us to now. We're just so bombarded with all of this information and they just had one way of doing things and it was just so simple. So... I don't know which one I, I would choose. It's like maybe I know part times. of me thinks because there was no Instagram, there was no social media. My mom said I could barely even talk to my mom. I had to call her up in Florida on the telephone. Um, exactly. You know, there, was no, there was nothing. You just kind of survived. So I said my mom's, uh, she has three of us. And I said, mom, how did you do it? Like I'm struggling with two 
And how did you have three of us? She goes, Brianne, you just do it. You just do. You guys have too many distractions. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Speaking of all of that, let's move into what you do to stay mindful during yeah. all of this chaos. Thankfully, we live very close to the Botanic Gardens, which is one of my oh. favorite spots in Singapore. That's my backyard. Yeah. And I put in either a podcast, my favorite music, and I just walk around and have a moment to myself. It is so important to just have time. Like I do have mother's guilt even more so with two children now. Less so with Thea because it was just more chill, more relaxed. I don't know. Now I just feel stretched and pulled a million different directions. But I know that I have to have time to myself to make me the best version I can be and just to have a minute. So even if it's like, Matt, I'm going to go. He's so great because he's like, okay, I understand. Go on a walk, you know, and then I'll just go for 45 minutes and then come back and feel so refreshed and myself. And I think that's my number one thing. Me too. Basically taking care of myself and, and not feeling selfish and just having those moments to myself and then feeling myself again. It helps. I love that. How do you listen to your intuition? Since I can remember, I have always just done it very easily. I just feel it in my core and feel it into my bones of what that is. And I just go with it. And that's why my life's probably been a bit all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I manifest a lot and talk to the universe, super grateful. I'm like, I trust it. You know, you follow me and I I trust myself and I just kind of go with it. No point in stressing over it. You just feel it. For me, I just feel it. How about you? Yeah. That's a tough question. It's really tough to kind of articulate it and put it into words because it's a feeling, you know? So it's, it's hard to kind of explain it to people because it's just how you feel in your own body and just being able to tap in and knowing when to say no and when to say yes. And I love the point that you brought up earlier about how you are starting to say no to more things because I find that, you know, as we get older, time is so, so precious, especially when you have children. And so I think that being able to put up those boundaries and say no when you need to say no is so important because before I would just say yes to everything. And then, yeah, and then you just feel so burnt out. And I think I still sometimes do that, you know. Me too. And I'm like, why am I here? Why have I said yes to this? Just say no. Yeah, I need to start practicing that more, but that's something that I've definitely started incorporating. Yes, I'm getting better for sure. And especially for jobs. I mean, you know what it's like in the industry where everyone's trying to, everything is a bloody barter and talking to me like, how about this? No, this is it. If you want me, this is it. Take it or leave it. This is my time and I'm worth this. So 100%. I just can't be bothered for that anymore. I actually now no. have a manager regarding all my like social media and things like that who thankfully does it for me. Good. But even with Ever After, people are trying to barter. like And negotiate, yeah. No, 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 no. My time is valuable. Actually, I've raised my prices because now I'm like, you know what? What is actually worth it that I take out two and a half, three hours of my day yeah, I'm going to charge more. So I said to Matt, everything is going Good. up because my time Good. is worth. And we all need to realize that. So everyone who's listening, 
know that you are worth it. Your time is you so, are worth it. yes. Yes. Such a good takeaway. Next, what are some of your lifestyle non-negotiables? Just things that you do on a day-to-day basis to help you feel like the best version of yourself. Because your skincare, what's your skincare routine? Your skincare, <laughs> your skin is amazing. Thank you. I mean, I do love my skincare routine. I take my skincare very to my heart. I love trying products. I'm always doing something. My non-negotiable is always having facials every month, 100%. Oh, that's a good yes. one. What kind of facial do you normally do? They do different do? things, but I do, it's like called an oxygen facial and they obviously get all the dirt out and then we do lasers afterwards. Do you go to the same place every time? Every time. In Singapore and everywhere, it's hard to find the people that you trust with your skin. And oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I go to the same people. Oh, especially being blonde there. Yeah. There's only one place. I don't trust anybody else with my hair over here. Just one person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. So those are my non-negotiables concerning myself. What else just that makes me happy? I love this coffee down the street. It's this small little coffee shop. And I know that I could save money and probably make coffee at home, but it never tastes the same. And I know it costs more, but what makes me happy? It makes me happy going to get my coffee every morning. So I'm going to go get my coffee every morning. Over here to have a car, let's just say to put a Toyota Corolla on the road in Singapore costs probably $200,000. What? Yeah. So if you see somebody driving in a Range Rover, it's probably about 800,000. Yeah. It's wild. They have loads of taxes and things like that. We're not going to go into the car situation, but it's really expensive. So you use, they don't have Uber here. It's called Grab. And they have amazing public transport. But also I said to Matt, I'm not going to stop taking Grabs because that just is more convenient, less stress. And this just makes me happy to get from A to B in a nice way. And that's just what I have to do. (laughs) Yes. That's another thing, like just putting up those boundaries and being like, I deserve this. I'm doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think that we need to do that more often. Like the things that make you happy. If you're in a stressful situation, you know that you don't want to be sweating in Singapore, walking to A to B with your children. I already know that's going to make me stressed. And Thea might run off and just all these little things that you think about, which is my current thing is just constantly worrying if ever it's quiet. Is he choking? Honestly, my brain is all over the place right now. I know. (laughs) Is Thea at school? Is she going to break her tooth? These are the things that we think about. I know. I know. And if you can find those solutions to make your day that much better and easier for you and you can afford to do so, do it. Definitely. I value convenience a lot. Yeah. And also working out. I really do enjoy working out. And it's my time to also just switch off and relax. And so I always make sure that I have time either going on a walk or doing a workout. Super important. Definitely. I want to know yours. I really value my morning routine. Yeah. I have to have that. It's very sacred to me, like having that time in the morning. I take my time. I don't like to rush in the morning. So, you know, take my time with Hunter. We always have breakfast together. I take my supplements. I drink my chlorophyll water. And then I do my skincare routine and just like get ready for the day. It just, it makes me feel so, so much better. And then of course, walking every single day is a huge non-negotiable for me or like some type of movement for my body. I have to move my body. Yeah. But right now that's what it is for me. 
Those are good. So you kind of already touched base a little bit on your fitness, but what does your fitness routine currently look like right now? Right now. So after I gave birth and I just listened to my body, I definitely know when I should be resting and when I'm okay to work out. And if it takes time, it takes time. Yes. I think so many people can feel rushed into doing things and you just need to chill out for a bit. So I did. And I started off with um, reformers Pilates because I really do believe it just brings everything back together in a nice, gentle way and the proper way. Absolutely. Yeah. So I had a personal trainer doing that for me. And then I got back into weight training with Matthew and I love boxing. I kind of change it up, but I normally... That's good. Yeah. Do it two times a week to three times weight training, two Pilates classes or one Pilates, one boxing. Fun. Does Matt train you? He does train me. He finds time. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Yeah. I love that. And I'm actually finding that to be the most challenging is spending time with Matthew without the kids being around. It's tough as well. Oh my gosh. It's such a juggle trying to prioritize your relationship on top of your relationship with your children and yourself and yeah. all of the people that you deal with on a day-to-day yeah, basis. And then even friends. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, now I've neglected my friends. It's just, it's it's a... It's a lot. Yeah. Trying to implement like a date night, I feel like really helps, even if it's just like once a month. Yeah. You know, Josh and I were doing that for a while, but we kind of got off our routine, but we need to start doing it again because it's so important. And I think it's easier for us to kind of, or at least I'm just speaking from from my own experience, it's easier for me to kind of put it on the back burner and like prioritize all of my time and energy into Hunter. And yeah. But, I think that the guys feel it a lot more. And so I think that putting in that extra effort definitely can help a it lot. Can. Um, it can go a long way. I, <laughs> I probably know. need to do more of it. This is, so this is my reminder. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard. Sometimes you just got to rally. <laughs> you do. I'll do that this week and I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> okay. Just uh, be careful. <laughs> Yeah. Don't have another balcony situation. No, not yet. Although everyone keeps asking me if I want another one, I still do. Yeah. After all the crap, I still want to have another one. I'm like, after yeah. all the postpartum anxiety, I still want another one. <laughs> that just is such a testament to how amazing of a human and mother you are. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, my love. Well, one last question that I ask everyone at the end of each episode is if you could go back in time, and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self? I think I would go back. I don't know what age it would be where I would go back and be like, hey, Brie, but it would be just keep listening to that intuition, keep manifesting, keep doing what you're doing because it will all come together. It will all work out. So just keep doing what you're doing. And also I'd probably say about time. Your time is worth a lot. Yeah. I wish I knew that earlier you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But now that I'm finally approaching my thirties, I feel like I feel like it's such a good time. You just learn yourself yeah. so much better. You you know who you are. I wonder what it is when you're just always wanting to say yes. Like, why do we always do it and feel like the need to have to always be there? For me, it stems from being a people pleaser. I think, and and not wanting to disappoint anybody. Yeah. And I think that the older that I get, it's easier for me to 
rather than wanting to please other people, it's just like, I want to please myself. And that's the most important. And I think for so long, I put so much value in what other people thought of me. Yeah. And, you know, like worrying about like, if I say no, then they're not going to like me or, you know, I'm going to disappoint them. But it's just like, no, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> like, Actually, now I'm just super honest. I think I always yeah. feel, yeah, people pleasing, feel like I'm letting them down. I want to say yes, even though I know I should say no. And now I'm just honest. I'll just say, you know what? My whole house is sick. Thea has X. Da, da, da. I need to yeah. just stay home, not do anything. And I just am so upfront with why I'm saying no. Yeah. And even sometimes it's like, you know what? I'm tired. So I actually can't do this. Or just being totally upfront as to why I'm saying no. And then my friends are like, oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. 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 Or like whoever it is I'm saying no to, they're more than understanding, I feel. Totally. And then you realize too who your good, true friends are. Cause if they give you, a little bit of slack for it, then it's just like, well, then fuck off. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like like you need to understand because like I look at it both ways too. Like if somebody that I make plans with and, you know, say last minute cancels on me for some reason, then I'm always understanding because it's like I've been there. I understand how it feels. I, I know. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, babe. Can you let everybody know where they can find you and connect with you on all, so many platforms? I don't even, <laughs> but definitely start with your your personal because I love your personal page. Yeah, thank you. Um, my Instagram is at Brie Benfell, as is my TikTok. And then Anjaya will soon have a YouTube channel. So you would just have to type in A-N-J-E-A, Anjaya. All the other stuff, I don't know. Google it. No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> There's too many other things. I'm like, what else is there? Those are the main ones. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I really hope that at least one mum can listen and feel less alone from this podcast. I love what you're doing and I hope um, that they enjoy this episode too. (laughs) Yes. You are such a light in this community, in the motherhood community in general. And I appreciate you being so transparent with everything it really really means a lot to me and to all of the listeners thank you thanks for having me right back at you I love everything you do and I'm always watching and listening (laughs) thank you well I love you and I'm so happy that I got to see your beautiful face and give your family my love and I hope you have a great rest of your day have fun at that meeting Thank you all for listening to the show. I hope you gained some insight on how to practice becoming more mindful, learn the importance of listening to your intuition, gained some lifestyle takeaways and fitness tips. You can find me on Instagram at Cherokee Luker and the podcast at MILFBODPOD. So make sure you follow me to access exclusive content to help you become a better you, a better mother, and a better human. Talk to you guys next week about all things MILF.